Hello, this is the Lose Your Life Podcast. I'm your host, Conan O'Reilly, and I'm very happy to be recording today. It has been over a month since I last recorded a podcast episode, and I'd like to formally apologize to anybody who has told me to record another episode. And I said, maybe tomorrow, because I have just been putting it off till tomorrow, and then when tomorrow comes, I just don't feel like it. So, so you can learn from my mistakes of putting things off till tomorrow, I want to um, give a story that my father once told me about an experience in his life. My father, he's really big on pushing the why do tomorrow, which you can do today type of mindset, which isn't wrong at all. It's completely right. But here's the story that my father told me. He said, one time I was going down Main Street and I saw the lumber yard. It had a sign in its window and it said free soda tomorrow. So the next day I went in there and I asked the guy behind the counter, free soda today? And the guy said, no, that's tomorrow. So then I went in there another day, the next day, and I asked the guy behind the counter, free soda today? And he said, no, tomorrow. And so I got a little confused at the time. But the next day I went in there one final time. I said, free soda today? And the guy behind the counter said, no, that's tomorrow. And he quickly soon realized that tomorrow never comes. And he told me that story once. And since then, I have retold it to many, many, many people, probably including to some people who are listening right now. I've told it so many times because it has taught me a great lesson of tomorrow never comes. And after having a great, wise, truthful story like that, I still fall victim to putting things till tomorrow. So please learn from my mistakes. If you have something that you need to do tomorrow, please do it today. Because... For 30, 40 days now, I told myself I would do it tomorrow. And now, only 40 days later, am I actually doing it. So, please, please do it today. Anyways, what I'd like to talk about today is, it's a big surprise. It's something I've never talked about before on this podcast. Prayer and Bible reading. Yep, I just cracked a joke because I talk about that every single podcast, it seems like. But... If I was going to write a book, I'd just write the same book 10 times and change the cover a little bit because prayer and Bible reading are one of the two most important things I think any Christian can do, and I'd like to prove it to you in a million different ways if I can. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all the need you will abound, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now right here, Paul might be writing to the Corinthians and talking about tithes, but the verse, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and, all, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously, applies to many different aspects of the Christian life. For example, if you read your Bible for, I don't know, you read the verse of the day on the Bible app, okay? And then you never touch your Bible at all for the rest of the day. Or you pray a quick blessing over your day and you never talk to God again during the day, right? You're not reading your Bible that much and you're not praying that much. In return, you're not going to experience much spiritual growth, right? That's just kind of common sense. Now, of course, you can compare other people at the time if you want, I guess, but 
look at somebody who might spend an hour in the word a day and an hour in prayer a day. That person might experience much more spiritual growth than somebody who prays for a minute and reads their Bible for just a minute. Not that either are bad, but one may sow more generously than the other. And in return, one will reap more generously than the other, right? Reading the Bible and praying to God are some of the most important things you can do in your Christian life. Praying, you talk to God, and when you read the word, he's talking to you. I heard something today, no, not today, yesterday, that really struck me. Because when I first became a Christian two years ago, when I first became a disciple, I, I guess I should say, um, I really thought that reading the Bible was much, much more important than praying. And so I would read the Bible like crazy and then pray minimally. I usually, the times I would pray was I'd just say, please help me to say this and that today. Please help me not to say anything sinful. Please help me not to do anything sinful. Amen. And maybe ask for the forgiveness of my sins. And then I'd read a bunch of the Bible. Then I kind of got to the point where I was reading the Bible just as much as I was praying. And I'd say that is the that was the peak of spiritual growth that I experienced then. And then later on, I thought maybe I could do this better. I'm going to pray a lot and read the Bible less. Because at that time, for some reason, I thought prayer was the most important thing. And so I prayed a lot and read the Bible less. And I did not experience as much spiritual growth as I did when I was praying and reading the Bible just as much as each other. And the thing that I heard yesterday was which more is important to read the Bible or to pray? Let me ask you this question. Which is more important, to breathe in or to breathe out? Right? You can breathe in and might be able to hold it for five minutes. Probably not, though. And you can breathe out and maybe hold it for five minutes. Probably not, though. They're both equally as important because if you don't do one, you can't do the other. And if you can't do them both, you're going to die. <laughs> not that if you don't read the Bible and you do pray, you're going to die, but they're both very important. They're simultaneously important. Reading the word of God and praying to God are both very, very important. We need to be rooted in prayer and we need to be rooted in Bible reading. And I'm going to flip in my Bible now to a verse I'm sure I've never brought onto the podcast before. And again, I'm trying to be funny. That was entirely a joke. Psalms 1. The entirety of it. Blessed is the one who does not, not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Now, important to see. These things that it just said, not walking in step with the wicked, not standing in the way that sinners take, not sitting in the company of mockers, these are all something um, you sow, right? This is all part of the Christian life. If you sow this, we'll continue what you'll reap. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Another thing you sow. And who meditates on his law day and night. Another thing. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now, that is kind of what you reap there. If you do not walk in step with the wicked, if you do not stand in the way that sinners take, if you don't sit in the company of mockers, if your delight is in the Lord, if you meditate on it day and night, so reading your Bible a lot, right? Being in prayer, not being in bad company, 
being in good company and, and building good character as iron sharpens iron, right? Then you will reap the fact that you will be like a person planted by streams of water, a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Now it's important to, to say that it says a tree planted by, by streams of water, not a plant planted by streams of water because anybody can go up and tear a plant out of the ground for the most part. I mean, trees are plants, but if I read plant, I would think of something small. A tree is kind of big. You can't really tear a tree out of the ground, right? But if you're sowing all these things where you're giving your life fully to God and you're not walking in step with the wicked, not standing the way the sinners take, if you're reading your Bible, you're praying and doing all these things, you'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. You'll be like what Paul says in, in Corinthians 15, 58, I believe it is, when he says, stand firm, brothers and sisters. Let nothing move you. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. If, if you do these things, meditate on the law day and night, staying out of the way of sinners, you will be like a tree planted by streams of water, being rooted in the word of God, being rooted in prayer, being rooted in everything that he says. Now, we'll continue. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, this is something I've kind of came up with on my own. This isn't something that you'll find in the Word of God. But it says, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And earlier in the text, it says you'll be like a tree planted by streams of water, right? When a storm comes and shakes the branches of, branches of a tree, maybe some branches fall, but the tree itself will stay rooted in the ground. But when a storm comes and a plant maybe is rooted in the ground, not very deep, it's just a small little thing, it might be uprooted by the storm. And that is the way of the wicked, which leads to destruction. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, and he will protect you, and he'll keep you safe. Of course, that might not mean he's going to keep you from trials, and that he's going to keep you from troubles. Of course, this safety refers to something more, something spiritual, that your faith will stand guard, right? Not that you're not going to be punched in the face by an atheist, if you really want to think about it like that. It means that if you if you meditate on the law day and night, if you pray, if you're heavy in reading the Bible and, and being filled with the Spirit, all those things. Those, those are really just the two I love to say is praying, reading the Bible, being filled with the Spirit. I love saying those. Of course, there's more things, though. The Spirit will be rooted within you. You'll be rooted within the Word. But if you don't do those things, the way might lead to destruction. And that destruction, personally, I believe, is hell. And Man, I really wish I could just turn to it right now. I just keep coming up with certain things that go to. The story of Lazarus, some of you might know, not the Lazarus who gets raised from the dead, but the Lazarus who uh, Jesus tells the parable about where he's in Hades. It's described as, oh, here it is. I found it. I'll read it for you. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in, a, in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. 
Even the dogs came and licked his, his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you are a great chasm, or... And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham. He said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, if, even if someone rises from the dead. So hell, what we know about it is it is bad enough to a man who, we're going to call him wicked, right? He's in hell. A wicked man says, please go tell my family about this place. I do not want to see them in here. That is how bad it is that he calls out to say, go tell my family. If hell wasn't that bad, he'd be like, oh, whatever, they can take it too. But hell is a place that even compels the heart of the wicked to love their family so much to tell them, do not come here. Give your life to something greater, to God. For this place is terrible. Hell is a terrible, terrible, terrible place. And that is what—that is the way of destruction. You can either choose to give your life to Christ. And you'll die once and, and be born twice. Right? Which is... Um, I said this once and somebody misunderstood. So I'll explain it. You'll die a physical death, of course but you will be welcomed into heaven, right? So born out of your mother's womb, born again through the spirit. Or you can choose to be born once and die twice, meaning born out of your mother's womb and die the physical death and die the spiritual death and live in hell for the rest of eternity. Live in hell for the rest of eternity, die spiritual death. That's kind of, um, I guess I don't really know the word, but I guess I should say dwell in hell for the rest of eternity. It's a terrible, terrible place to be. So much so that a wicked man like Lazarus calls out that um, wait. Lazarus was not the rich man. Lazarus was the beggar. Sorry. The, 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 the wicked rich man calls out to say, please go have Lazarus tell my family. It is a terrible, terrible, terrible place. I can't stress it enough. That is why you should give your life to Christ and um, follow the way of the righteous and not be in step with the wicked. Because if you reap sparingly, you will sow sparingly. And the rich man, wicked rich man, obviously, 
Wait, did I just say if you reap sparingly, you'll sow sparingly? Whatever, you know what I mean. The rich man obviously sowed sparingly, and he reaps sparingly as well. Instead of a life in the kingdom of God, he will dwell in, in hell forever. And if you sow sparingly in a way where you give your life to Christ, you pick up your cross and follow him, and everything you do is for God, and you're rooted in his word, and you're rooted in prayer, and you're biblically uh, just engrossed by the Spirit. You will reap reap uh, plenty, plentifully. Excuse my grammar. I'm just excited. But I encourage you all that if you aren't spending enough time in the Bible, now how much time that is, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know for certain. But if you believe you're not spending enough time in the Bible, please do. If you don't believe you're spending enough time in prayer, please do. And I know you know what how much time you should spend in, in both. Because there's going to be a little thing in your heart called a conscience that says you should do more. You're going to tell yourself, no, 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 no. I'm in the Bible. I'm in prayer plenty enough. And then you're going to have this feeling in your heart that says, but maybe I'm not. And you need to listen to that feeling that says, maybe I'm not. Because whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows um, plenty will reap plenty. So, brothers and sisters, I've said it once. I'll probably say it a million times more. Please pray. Please read your Bibles. And that is all for this episode of the Lose Your Life podcast. I'm going to try that next week I'll kind of have a longer episode, be a little bit more um, uh, prepared, I guess. Not that I was not prepared, but I'd like to end off with, I have a, a Bible trivia book here. Let me give you some Bible trivia. What mountain chain was the final stopping point for Noah's Ark? I'm going to leave you off with that. I'll tell you the answer next episode of the Lose Your Life podcast. I'm Cohen O'Reilly, your host. Thank you for listening, and God be with you.